Our heads were hanging down. We were breathing like two mules. And our shirt and our shorts were soaked through with sweat. The only thing we could think about was hiking out of that steamy valley and up to the summit where we could take off our packs, cool down, and rest. But all of a sudden, when we lifted up our eyes, there was a boulder the size of a McDonald's restaurant right in front of us. We were on the wrong path. We would have to backtrack. Backtrack is the most detested words of anybody who hikes a little or a lot. Well, except for rattlesnake, skunk, or grizzly. McKay and I on that day, just a few weeks ago, we hit the boulder, had to turn around, and not knowing how far we'd have to go, we finally found about a quarter mile back down the path a white blaze on the deeply rutted charcoal bark of a slippery elm, and we started off in a more westerly direction. At first, our heads were hung low, thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this will take us so much longer. But then as we lifted our eyes, we began to see the forest from a new perspective and realized that this backtracking, in a sense, was a gift. And the truth is, unless you backtrack and get on the right path, you will never make it to your goal. You'll never get home. Backtracking. Well, Pete has to do a little backtracking himself. You know, Jesus is leading the disciples on their hardest hike. They're going from Galilee to Jerusalem. And the last mile of a hike, the disciples won't be able to make with him because he'll be walking to Calvary, right through the middle of the city center. It's a long, arduous hike, but along the way, there's some surprises. And one surprise is as they're going along the way, a rich young man, very attractive, falls at Jesus' feet. And he says, a good teacher... What must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus looked at this attractive man and his humility, and the scripture says he loved him. His heart went out to him. It's a profound moment for Jesus and should have been for the man. And Jesus said, well, you know, keep the commandments. In other words, walk in the path that God has given you. And the man says, no problem there, boss. I have done that since I was young. He says, that's good. You lack the one thing. Go sell all that you have. Give it, to the, give it to the poor. And come and follow me much lighter now. And you will begin to see our world from a new perspective. And as soon as you follow me, the moment you start out, you will begin to experience eternal life. That was too much for the man. And he got up from his knees and he went back the way he had come. Back the same old way. Back towards the boulder the size of a McDonald's restaurant. Couldn't bring himself to backtrack. Well, Pete, never missing a chance at aggrandizement, he pipes in and says, hey, too bad about that young guy, boss. He says, but look at us. From the very first, we left everything, and we have followed you. We've given up everything for you. And you can almost, when you read the scripture, feel Jesus' groans lift up off the Bible page. It says, Pete, you're not at the end of your trek. You're just right in the middle. And the truth is, the first will be last. 
and the last will be first. You're going to have to backtrack to gain the new perspective. And at that, Jesus has the twelve sit down, and he tells them this piercing story. He said there was a vineyard, a large one, and it was harvest time, and the owner of the vineyard needed help bringing in the harvest. So he, so he went out at 6 a.m. and gathered in enough workers he thought could, could take care of it. And so they started, start, they started working as the sun was coming up. But by 9 o'clock, the owner of the vineyard knew he didn't have enough workers. So he went out and called more. And at noon, he went out and called more. And at 3 o'clock, he went out and he called more. And finally, at 5, he went out a final time. And he says, why are all you jokers just hanging around on the street corner? Well, because no one's called us. And he said, well, I'm calling you now. Come into the vineyard. And so they all get in there. And when the, when the sun had descended and the moon was on its way up, the owner of the vineyard settles up with those workers. And he calls, he calls those who came at five to receive their wages first. And a surprise, surprise to everyone, he gives them a denarius, the usual daily wage. Well, those who got there at 6 a.m. are just licking their chops. They said, oh, hallelujah, we've hit the lottery. Things are looking good in Whoville. And so, and so, uh, uh, but when they come up, the ones who've been out since 6 o'clock, their toga's soaking wet, uh, worn out, the owner of the vineyard gives them the usual daily wage. He gives them a denarius as well. Well, then one of them, sounding an a lot like Peter, says, wait a minute, big guy, wait a minute. We've borne the heat of the day. We've been here since this thing started. Do you dare give us the same thing you give these jokers who came here last? And the owner of the vineyard says, are you telling me I can't do with what belongs to me, what I wish? Or do you just begrudge the fact that in this vineyard, I exercise generosity? If you don't like it, go back the way you came. This is the perspective that Jesus wants to give us about the new kingdom if we'll dare backtrack and begin to open our eyes. The vineyard is the world. The vineyard is the world that you and I inhabit. The owner of the vineyard is God. The workers of the vineyard are, well, you and me. Here we are, toiling in the vineyard. What's revolutionary, which, what's unsettling about this vineyard is the fact that the owner of the vineyard is lavishly generous. He doesn't care if you got there late or if you got there early. His generosity is the same. You come to him and you receive. In fact, the fuel of the vineyard is grace. The new vineyard is absolutely powered by grace. It is the new reality. A reality that many of us locked up in this meritocracy, never see and never perceive. Therefore, we are standing right in front of a boulder. But in the new kingdom, things are different. And something else, all those workers in the vineyard need each other. They're the same. Doesn't matter if one's a CEO and one is a common laborer. It makes no difference whatsoever. 
We're all the same. We need each other in the vineyard. We're equal. All of us have received grace upon grace. The question is, what are we going to do about it? You know, when my wife and I were looking at this parable together, um, she said, Pat, we have to remember the workers weren't invited to come into the vineyard for a spa day. They weren't asked there to come for a, for a family picnic. They were asked to come to work. Just like Adam and Eve were put in the first garden to work, work, work what God had given them. Our response to grace, our response to grace is to roll up our sleeves and get active in the kingdom with each other in whatever small way we have. How, how amazing it is, how amazing it is and somewhat unsettling that a church that for 24 years has given out absolutely tons of food. Three children from Jefferson High School who've never gone to this church ever show up to distribute food because they wish to be workers in the kingdom. They respond. That is what we're left to do. Respond to the grace with grace in whatever way God calls us. And He is calling. He is calling. Now let me tell you something, folks. A huge boulder has fallen down and it's in front of each one of, you, each one of us. It's called COVID-19. That's the boulder right now. And I have realized by, the, by, by God's illumination, this is not to be for the despair of God's people. Do we not think that God can work with us in the face of this pandemic? No, He is going to work with us. He is working with us. Do you realize I was working with Josh? I was working with Josh last week and trying to put some records down. And he looked up from the page. He said, Pat, you realize September 15th marks the sixth month we've been in this posture. The boulder fell down on March 15th for us. Now the question is, are we going to waste another six months or not? I hope not. Because God wishes to do something with us if we'll dare backtrack and take the new path. And take the new path. For one thing, we'll learn that in this community, this community, some of us come late and some of us have come early. Some of us have a lot of means, some of us have no means. Some of us have a name and some of us couldn't even be picked out in a lineup. But this is the community we've been given. This is the living breathing heartbeat of Christ on earth. This right here. This. You. The heartbeat of God. And if you want to experience it, don't, don't, don't sever yourself from where the life is. Because this is where it is. You know, I've heard lots of people right now are frozen in fear. And I understand some of that. If you have, if you're dealing with cancer or you're dealing with some other, uh, you're dealing with some other health problems and so forth, by all means, be very cautious. But don't become frozen. God has things to do with you, no matter, no matter what your state is. And some people are making all these deals. If I get one more call about, I'm going to come to church once I can do so-and-so. I'm going to come to church once I can go inside the church. Okay, folks, that's not the church. This is the church. This is the church. And praise God we have this magnificent cathedral outside. 
You can listen to other voices all day long. But we listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. And He's calling us to backtrack and take another path and begin to see things from a whole new perspective. Today, because these beautiful children were baptized, we're going to say the baptismal covenant yet again. What I'm asking you to do today, along with Kay and me, is to say it with all your heart and ask that God will call you into the vineyard and take you home by the right way.